This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Amen. God is so good. Well, we want to welcome all home folk and visitors today. God is so good and good having you out here. We are on a series this month and we'll be ending the series next week. And we are talking about uh, the seven statements that Jesus made on the cross and pertaining to going through uh, a bad day. Amen. The title of the sermon is thus uh, uh, how to live through a bad day. And you know, we're either going into uh, a bad day or coming out of a bad day. In other words, we're not in heaven yet, so uh, heaven's perfect, but down here, there's, we're going to have some problems. Jesus said we're going to have problems. And so don't think just because you get saved, all your problems are going to go away. Amen. Some people think, oh, I got Jesus and everything. Everything's going to be good now. Yeah, you know, you're going to still encounter some problems. But, you know, thank God Jesus is with us when we go through the issues. Amen. Amen. And so that's really that's really cool. And and so we've been studying the seven statements. We've been, you know, seeing these life keys that can help us through these statements that Jesus made on the cross, actually on his one of the hardest days of his life. And, you know, he went through what we call Good Friday. And of course, it was good for us, but, you know, wasn't good for him. And, you know, you know, Jesus was in the garden. He didn't want to go through the crucifixion. And, you know, he prayed to God three times that it would pass him up. You know, nobody wants to suffer. I'm going to say, hey, who wants to go through some suffering in here? And, you know, uh, can, do I have any takers who wants to go through some suffering this week? No, nobody likes to suffer. Everybody wants the blessing. Amen. But nobody wants to go through the suffering. But there's going to be a suffering process that we're all going to have to go through to, to get the crown. You know, I like to say no, no cross, no crown. And that cross is picking up, you know, you, Jesus said, you got to pick that cross up and, you know, and follow Jesus every day. That means that Jesus actually says, you got to deny yourself. Boy, that's not a popular message in today's church. So you mean you got to deny yourself? Yeah, you got to deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow Jesus. And and so really, and that's really the key to, to, to life and God is really being more focused on godliness and on God and the things of God than being focused on ourself. And that's when we're going to see great life in each one of our, our lives. You know, we, we've been looking at a, a scripture in Hebrews 12, verse 2. And this is, you know, the foundational scripture on this series. Look, it starts off looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of God, uh, right hand of the throne of God. So we see that Jesus, you know, he he went through the process to get to the promotion. Amen. In other words, Jesus already had glory before he came down here. But, you know, he was promoted to our high priest. Amen. And he and the Bible says, you know, when, when we feel pain, Jesus is Jesus feels pain. He's touched 
with the feelings of our infirmities. Isn't that good? You know, another, you know, uh, the Message Bible puts it this way. It says, keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish... In and with God, he could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. And so we see here that, you know, if we get, keep a f- mental focus of the end, amen, a mental focus of where we're going, you know, you're not going to always be stuck at where you're at, amen. Uh, in other words, you know, it, in this life, everything's shifting. Everything's changing. It's not going to stay the same. Amen. And things are changing. And, and what we're dealing with today, amen, can be just a memory tomorrow. Do you believe that today? And so whatever we're dealing with, you know, God is with us as we deal with these things. Now, just to recap quickly on, on the statements, and we're going to go into the sixth statement today. Uh, Jesus, you know, when he was beaten, bruised, and uh, being cussed at, and, you know, he was whipped, and he was, you know, on the cross, the very first thing that he said was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That was in Luke 23, 34. So, so the life key we get from this is that, you know, the enemy is going to use people to come against us at times. Can I say that again? The enemy is going to use people to come against us at times, but we don't need to look at, we don't need to focus on the people coming against us. We really need to look at, it's the enemy working through them to come against us and they don't know what they're doing. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. In other words, they don't know the consequences of their actions. They don't know what, you know, they don't know what we know. We know whatsoever a man sows, so shall he reap. We know if if they keep sowing death, keep sowing wrong, they're going to reap, you know, the whirlwind. They don't know that yet, but we know that. That's why we can have mercy on people that are coming against us. Amen. Amen? In other words, in other words, vengeance is the Lord's. God will take vengeance on those that are coming against him. Amen. And so we need we need to think about that. And and so life key is we need to walk in forgiveness towards people. We need to walk in forgiveness towards even if we're offended with God towards God. And we need to walk in forgiveness towards ourselves because even in our bad day, we the enemy, the, the accuser of the brethren will come against you and say, it's your fault. Amen. <laughs> Has he ever said that? It's the reason why you're in this mess. It's your fault. Well, even if it's your, even if you made your bed in that, God still can resurrect that bed. Amen. Amen. God still can do something out of the ashes. Amen. Out of the, out of defeat, he can bring victory. Amen. Amen. And then in Luke 23, 42 through 43, Jesus said, uh, there was this thief on the cross that said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, surely I say to you, with me, you will be with, uh, you will be with me in paradise. And so we see here that Jesus uh, gave comfort to the thief that was next to him on the cross. And I'm going to say this, you know, you're not the only one going through an issue or a problem or a storm. Other people are going through storms. 
And we need to be aware of that. And one of the lies of the enemy is he will try to get us to think we're the only one. We're the only one going through our problem. But, you know, there's many people going through issues and problems. And really, there's, you know, we're, you know, a lot of us, we we think that we're special. We just got a special problem ministry, you know. But, you know, everybody's going through issues and we need to, Life Key, we need to help those, you know, that are struggling with the same struggles that we're struggling with. And in that process, we can find victory. Amen. You know, another scripture that Jesus said is in, uh, it's, it's here. Uh, it says, when Jesus therefore saw his mother and his disciples, this is in John uh, 19, 26 and 27. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and his disciples whom he loved standing by him, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to his disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took him in uh, to his home. So we see that uh, we need to understand this. When we're going through our storms, we understand that we need to understand there's people that are, are around us that 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 understand what we're going through. They're hurting as well. And we need to still bring encouragement to them. Amen. Amen. In other words, we need to just forget about ourselves and concentrate on him Amen. and worship him. And so as we focus on being a blessing to others, we start to forget about the pain and misery that we're in. Amen. Praise God. And then we we talked about where Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And, you know, you know, in our time, we're going to feel like, you know, that God's not there. We're going to feel like that he's he's not with us anymore. But, you know, God said you'll never leave us or forsake us. And. And we need to focus, the key on this is our, we need to focus our hard questions to God and not man. Amen. In other words, God's big enough to, to handle our issues that we might have with our situation that we're dealing with. He's big enough to handle the wise. Amen. Amen. Now you may not get every answer. Amen. Because the Bible says the secret things belong to the Lord, but those things are revealed or revealed to our families and our generation. So, so we may not understand everything, but I guarantee you what you're going through, God will reveal some things what you're going through. A lot of times we don't understand why something happened to so and so and why this happened. No, no, we don't. Some of us need to stop. We need to start minding our own business and start focusing on why things are happening to somebody else. Okay. Amen. That's a trap of the enemy to get us to look at, you know, the, 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 the problem and the storm somebody else is going through. And we're trying to figure out why they're going through that storm. Amen. Amen. No, you need to stay focused on yourself. Amen. And so we, we need to understand that. So so then last week we talked about, you know, that John, that Jesus was at the end of his suffering. And he and he said, I thirst, I thirst. And, you know, uh, you know, that was his humanity coming out. And, you know, he, he thirsts. And, you know, I like what Jesus said in, in, in the Gospels. He says, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. In other words, you know, I believe it was a physical thirst because he was on the cross and he was losing blood. And, that, and normally you thirst when you're dying and yet you're at the very last rung of life. And, but I really believe he was saying that we need to stay thirsty. Amen. We need to stay thirsty for God. Yeah. We need to stay thirsty for the, the Holy Spirit to visit us. We need, to, we need to stay thirsty. Amen. And Jesus will fill our cup. Yeah. 
Do you believe that today? You know, a lot of us are trying to get our cup filled with a lot of different things. But Jesus is the only one that can fill your cup. And he can fill it to overflow. I'm telling you, he wants to fill your cup. He wants to reveal how much he loves you. And so right there in that, that he thirsts, they took a sponge. They dipped it in vinegar and they put it up to his mouth. Amen. And so and this is right at the very end. This is right at the very end. And in John 1930. So Jesus had received the sour wine and he said, it is is finish. And the rest of it says, and then he gave up the ghost. But, you know, that was not his last statement. Now, of course, John was writing it from his perspective. And you have, you know, all those statements was written. Actually, you could find them in the four Gospels from four accounts. So there are different perspectives on how the disciples saw it. Amen. So when you, you get a clearer picture, when you read all the Gospels, that's why we don't have one Gospel. We have four Gospels. And written by four different people to get a fuller picture. So here John just saw it is finished. Amen. And so we need to see this. And that statement was was a confession. Now, it wasn't complete everything because he did not give up his spirit yet. But but really, I believe that the suffering part of what he had to suffer on the cross for mankind's sin. In other words, the 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 the, the suffering was just about ready to end. Amen. And so he was there and he said it is finished. In other words, he paid the price for the sin of mankind. The wrath of God was placed on Jesus and it was coming to the end of his suffering. And he said it's finished because he was just about ready to depart out of his body. And I'm telling you, once you leave this body, you're more free out of your body than in your body. Amen. The Apostle Paul says it's better to be with the Lord than be down here because he was he was contemplating between staying and going. And he said, if I stay, it's better for you guys. If I go, it's better for me. It's much better. You know, you know, we should not be so if, if a loved one that knows Jesus dies, we shouldn't be so sorrowful because they're in a place a thousand times greater and better. And it's like Disney World a thousand times. You know what I'm saying? It is like the, the best resort in the universe. And we, and we sometimes we get sad. And of course, I understand that because we're not going to have their company. We try, we, we get sad. We want to hold on to people. But, you know, this isn't our home. Amen. Amen. This is this is I, some of us like this earth and we do like it. but Don't like it too much. Amen. Amen. Because don't get too attached to things. Don't get too attached to this earth because this earth, you know, Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away, but, but his words will never pass away. Amen. And some of us are too attached to earthly things. The Lord. Or, and, 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 we're, and we may even be too attached to people. Jesus. Amen. Amen. And you know, God, people belong to God. They don't belong to us. Amen. And eventually they're going to go, you know, if they're saved and they have Jesus in their heart, they're going to go back to God. Amen. And we need, we need to, you know, sometimes we just need to let go of people. Amen. Amen. Sometimes we're just holding on and we're not letting go. Maybe a loved one that passed away and we're still hurt over that. And, but, but if they were saved, they're in heaven and we should be rejoicing on that fact. Amen. 
we should be we should be rejoicing in the fact that they're in heaven and they're they're on a vacation and that we're going to be there on that vacation with them very soon. Amen. Even if it's another 20 years, they're in heaven. Glory to God. It's going to be a blink of an eye. Amen. Praise God. So we need to be thankful for that. So, so Jesus said, it is finished. Uh, so, so, so his suffering was at the end, but there was a payoff at the end. And the, the, the promise fulfilled. So, so really, the payoff is he, he purchased everlasting life for all those who are willing to receive him. He went through that suffering, he, and he sure didn't want to go through that suffering. Amen. You know, Jesus didn't want to go through that suffering. You know, that's why he prayed three times in the garden, in the garden, you know, he prayed three times, Lord, you know, if this cup could pass me, but nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. But, and you know, and you know, Jesus always had answered prayer. So, you know, I mean, very rarely does God not answer Jesus's prayer, but there was silence in the heavens when he asked that. See, there's going to be some things that we're going to have to go through and we may not understand and God may not deliver us out of those things, but he will deliver us through those things. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? There might be some things that for eternal purposes for us really to become more like Jesus. Amen. In other words, we're going to suffer some things so that we can become more like our Savior. Amen. Amen. And this is what the enemy will try to do. He will try to get us. Listen, the enemy will try to get us. He'll come against us and test our faith. And what he's trying to do is get us to quit. Amen. <laughs> Have you ever felt like quitting? <laughs> Have you ever felt like, God, it's too much. I'm done. I'm not going to church this Sunday. And of course, God wakes you up Sunday morning early. Get to church. You know, I don't feel like going to church. You know, I don't feel like being a Christian. I don't feel like serving today. <laughs> but thank God we don't go by feelings. Because if you go, if you live your life by feelings, you're going to live in a ditch. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You're going to end up in skid row. If you, if you live by feelings, but we don't, we don't walk by feelings, do we? We walk by faith. That we walk, by, we walk in a higher realm. It's by faith. We, we, we know whom we believe. We know in whom we serve. We, we, know, we know that there's a brighter day in, 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 in the near, near future. We know that. And so I like what it says in Galatians 6, 9. It says, let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we'll reap a harvest, a blessing, if we don't give up. And I'm going to say this. Some of you are closer to your breakthrough than you think. I'm going to say, can I say it again. You see, you know, you've been in that suffering stage, you know, and you're like, I'm done with this suffering. Jesus, rapture me now. I'm done. You know, you know I'm done with it. Praise God. And I'm going to say that you're right. You're right at the end. You're, you're right at the end of your suffering point, And you're about ready to reap the blessing. You know, in Hebrews 10, 35 and 36, it says, Do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will, you will receive all that he has promised. Amen. In other words, you need to just keep standing 
and standing when all hell's coming against you. You need to learn to stand in God. His grace will keep you in the storm. I'm telling you, you think you're, you're, sta- you're holding it up yourself. No, he's holding you up. God is holding you up by his grace. I'm telling you, some of you would have you would have came together like a two dollar suit, you know, if it wasn't for God. Amen. Are you here? Coming down. Some of you might say, I am coming. I'm coming apart through the seams, you know. Listen, God is with you. Amen. You can't come apart because he's with you. He's not going to let you come apart as long as you keep holding on to the unchanging hands of God. Amen. And so, you know, he said, so in, in Job, we, we want to look at uh, the story of Job because Job went through some problems in his life. Any, anybody ever read the book of Job? Yes. Some of you, yeah, amen, praise God. Some of you thought it was a job and you didn't want to work, so you didn't go to that, pay, or that book. <laughs> but it doesn't, it's not job, it's Job, amen. <laughs> <laughs> and so Job went through a lot in his life. And he was, the Bible says he was a, a man that, that, that was, you know, that walked with God and that was, you know, um, faithful to God. He was upright before God. And then, you know, in the Bible says that the devil came, you know, and, and, and into God's throne room. And God said, have you ever, have you considered my, my servant Job? He's an upright man. And, of course, the devil said, well, yeah, sure, he's upright because he's the wealthiest man in the East, you know. I mean, you protect him. You protect him. You know, basically, the reason why he's serving you is because of all that stuff that you have given him. Amen. And so that's the reason. In other words, he's never been through a problem. Of course, he loves you because he's never been through a problem. But if he goes through a problem, he'll curse you to your face, the devil says. Listen, it's easier to serve God when we're not going through problems. Amen. It's easy to go to church when there's money in the bank, the kids are healthy, no problems with the marriage. I mean, we can, we can go to church, but what, what happens when all, when all hell starts breaking loose? What happens when things, that's when people, that, that's when really I call it the love test. In other words, our love is being tested under the persecution and under the pressure that we tend to be under at times. And the devil saying, they don't really love you. They only like you when you do good for them. But but if if there's a problem that comes their way, they're going to curse you too. The the, the devil's still saying that today. The devil said, wait until I mess with them and they're not going to stay faithful to you. They're going to throw their man. I tell you, you know what a Christian's made of when they're going through the storms of life and they still hold on to God. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? They still hold on to God, even though, listen, where are you going to go if you don't keep God in your life? Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Where are you going to go? I'll tell you, there's no place but, but God to go to. Amen. And so we see that, and so we see that, that, that Job went through some issues and some problems, and, uh, you know, the devil tested, was testing Job. You know, God is not the one testing us to see what we're made of. It's the devil that comes, the Bible says. It's the, it's the devil. A lot of times we get this idea, well, well, I wonder why God is doing this to me. 
I wonder why God is putting me through this problem. It must be some divine glory that he wants to bring out of it. No, no, it's the devil that wants to kill you in your problem. Amen. The devil wants you focused and, and making you think that God is your problem. Amen. But God's not your problem. Amen. Amen. The devil's your problem. Amen. He's the one that's trying to steal, kill, and to destroy your life. Yes. And so we need to get a revelation of that. We need to get a revelation that the devil was trying to kill, steal, and destroy uh, Job in his life. Amen? Amen. Praise God. And so we need to understand that. And, and Job, you know, if you study it out, you'll find that uh, that he was hurting. He lost his, his family. He lost his wealth. And he even lo- lost his health. You know, the devil came back. You know, Job still didn't curse God after he lost everything except for his health. And then the devil said, well, if you touch his body... If you, if you allow me to make him sick, it's the devil that makes you sick, not God. And, and the devil said, if you allow me to make him sick, he will surely curse you to your face. Job never did that. Everything was taken away from Job except for one thing, his wife. And I wonder why that is. Amen. Well, you, we might get a clue because if you ever read a Job, he, she said very few things in, in, in the book of Job. But one of the things, one thing she did say, she was a very, she was an encourager like Barnabas. Not really. And she just, she saw, you know, Job going through his hard time. He was scraping his skin because he had all these boils and with, with, uh, with, with uh, pottery. And he was going through this whole, you know, hard time of his life. His body was being attacked. And then, of course, you know, the encourager and woman, you know, his wife said, why don't you curse God and die, Job? He must have had a big insurance policy on his head. <laughs> Think about the encouragement he got from his wife. Listen, some of us are not serving God because we feel like that we should be getting encouragement from our spouse. Your spouse doesn't determine where your faith is at. Don't blame your spouse because you don't want to get close to God. In other words, if your spouse isn't serving God, you should serve God even more. Don't use your spouse or anybody in your family as an excuse not to serve God. Amen. 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 John Wesley, you know, was was a great revivalist uh, and he did great things. He he rose up. He raised up the Methodist churches, Methodist churches all over the United States and over England. And, uh, you know, I read where he had a real rocky relationship with his wife. But he was a success in God. Praise the Lord. Oh, you hear what I'm saying today? Even though it wasn't perfect. So Job had, had his wife that wasn't maybe the best encourager. Why don't you curse God and die? You know, how, come, how, come, how come it seems like that the, the, the people you don't want in your life stay and the people you want in your life? Okay. You know, I find that at church, you know, as, as, as a pastor, you know, it's like the, 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 the very best person in church, the one that ties and gives offerings. And then you got the one that doesn't tie, doesn't give offerings, don't do anything in church, complains all the time. And the one that's doing everything right leaves and the one that complains and then stays. OK, I, I just don't get that. But anyway. 
Amen. So, 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 so the devil took everything away from Job, basically, except his wife. Amen. And so I, I believe the devil knows how to get to each one of us. Amen. And so Job spent about 36 chapters, kind of, kind of a why God, why and this isn't right, God, this isn't right. And we can't be living our life, why, God, why is all this happening? And, and this isn't right. I'm doing all the right things and all the wrong. You can't, you can't stay in that place. Amen. Amen. Without God talking to you. Amen. And he was kind of in that perpetual, why, God, why? Why is this happening? And it just isn't fair. And, uh, and it says in Job 30, verse 20, I cry to you, O God, but you don't answer. I stand before you, but you don't even look. This is Job speaking. So he's getting this idea that, that even he's going through this pain and God doesn't even care what he's going through. And again, when we're going through the process, I call it the process. You could call it the test of love. When you're going through this, you're going to feel as if God has abandoned you. Amen. That's what the Bible's the, 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 the Bible says that God will never leave us or forsake us. Amen. But we will feel abandoned. Job 38, 1 and 5, it says this. Then the Lord answered, then the Lord finally spoke to Job. And the Lord answered Job. Somebody say, thank God for wisdom. Thank God for wisdom. Amen. Sometimes God will give us wisdom in our own stupidity. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? In other words, we're trying to question. We're trying. We're getting all upset with God. And then thank God. And I don't know how much faith he was in. You know, God honors faith. And so really, God honors faith. But here, God, God spoke to Job in, in Job 38, 1 through 5. He says, the Lord answered Job out of a whirlwind and said, Who is he who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Now prepare yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined the measurements? Surely you know. Who stretched out the line upon it? So, so God started giving, asking Job a bunch of questions, because you know one thing we need to we need listen, we don't need to be a know-it-all Christian. Amen. We you know you ever you ever meet these people that know it all? They you can't tell them anything. They just know it all. Are you, do you know those kind of people? They just you, you know they just know it all. They they can give you an answer for anything. And listen, nobody knows it all. Amen. Nobody has a corner of of all the wisdom of God. That's we, we, you know, Paul says we see in a mirror dimly. We, 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 it, it's a it, we're not seeing the full picture. That's why it's called faith. Amen. You're not going to see everything out there. You're not going to see the the, the 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 blessing out there. You're not you know immediately. You may see it in a process. But you're not going to see it immediately. And so, and so Job was kind of one of these guys that was sort of a know-it-all. He's, he kind of had it all figured out. And, but except for why he was going through his issue and his problem. And the guy said, well, well, big boy, if you know it all, do you know how I did this, how I do this, how I do this, and how I do this? And so, so God just had, had, a, had a lot of questions for Job. I just, I just read a few of them. I, it would take me 10 minutes to read the rest of the questions. 
Amen. And then Job finally replied in Job 43 and 4. Job replied to the Lord and said, Behold, I am of little importance and contemptible. What can I, what can I reply to you? I lay my hand over my mouth. And so we see here that Job finally figured out maybe he, he didn't know everything. Maybe he didn't have some understanding and why these bad things were happening. And, 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 and so, you know, I would say this, that God is, in, is working even in the midst of our issues and our problems. We may not be able to see it, but God is working. Remember, remember in uh, remember the book of Daniel when Daniel had a vision and he was trying to get a revelation of that vision, that dream, and he prayed that God would reveal the vision to him, and it, and and it took twenty one days before the angel came and and, and it's, Gabriel spoke to Job, uh, I mean spoke to Daniel about the vision, and, and it took twenty one days. But but you know what? God wasn't holding out holding out on Daniel. For 20 days, just to see how long he was going to stand. No, no, God sent the angel the very first day, the Bible says. But there was opposition in the heavenlies. And I'm going to say this, there might be some opposition in the heavenlies trying to block some of our blessings. We have to understand that they're, they're, the enemy doesn't want you to start prospering and being blessed. You know, he's not, he's not going to roll over and say, okay, God, I'm going to... No, he's going to fight you on every ground that you're going to try to move up higher on. The devil's going to fight you against going on or going up to higher ground. Amen. He's going to fight you. He's going to do everything he can. He's going to discourage you. He's going to try to get you speaking wrong, saying the wrong things, speaking the... the a defeat mentality and a defeat attitude. But we need to start speaking victory in the midst of the storms. We need to start speaking victory. We need to start calling those things that be not as though they were. And then Job, uh, finally Job replied uh, to the Lord, In Job 42, 1 through 5, he says, Now I know that you can do anything, and no one can stop you. Now he's getting some wisdom. You ask, who is that questions my wisdom with such ignorance? Is it I and I was taken about things I knew nothing about? This is Job speaking to God. Things far too wonderful for me. You said, listen, and I will speak. I have some questions for you, and you must answer them. I had only heard about you before, but now I've seen you with my own eyes. Now we see here that, you see, God doesn't want a superficial relationship with his people. He doesn't want a, a shallow relationship with us. Amen. He wants a relationship with us that's deep. He doesn't want us just to be shallow. He, in other words, we don't get to know God. We really don't get to know God in the easy times. You, in other words, you pray less in the easy times. Amen. Sometimes when, when it's easy, we don't, even have, we don't even feel like we need church that Sunday. Oh, it's easy. Man, I don't, need, I don't need a message. from. I could preach the pastor a message, you know. It's easy. When, when sometimes when it's easy, we don't feel like we need God. But and really, we don't really dig deep into God when it's easy. But when it gets a little hard, when the pressure starts coming on, when things aren't really shaping up, 
guess we, what we should do, what should happen, now it doesn't always happen, sometimes people run. They just say, I, I'm getting, it's too hot in the kitchen, I'm running, I'm running from God, I'm getting out of town, I'm going somewhere else, I'm leaving the church, you know. People do that all the time. That's what the devil's trying to get, get some of us to do, is to, is, is to escape out. But you can never escape from God. Amen. So in this, in Job 42, 1, 5, we find some, we, we find some things in here that shows the, uh, you know, who God is. And when, when Job said, I know that you can do anything and no one can stop you, um, that's basically saying that God is all powerful. Amen. The theological word for that is omnipotent. God is omnipotent. He's omnipotent. And there's nothing beyond what God can do in our lives. We got to believe that. And I think sometimes when we're going through the storm, we start to believe that the devil's stronger than God. We start to think, no way, not even God could set us free from this thing. We, we, well, how, how do you know that that's what people think? If you keep talking the problem, then you're talking, man, God can't even get me out of this one. Are you hearing what I'm saying, Jay? No, God is omnipotent. He's all powerful. And, he, and his arm's not too short that he can't go down into the pit where you're at and bring you up. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so we got to think about that, that God is omnipowerful. Amen. In Colossians, it says in 1, 16 and 17, for God created everything in the heavenly realm. He has created all things and we see all things and we can't see such as thrones and kingdoms, rulers and authorities, unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him and before everything else. And he holds all creation together. In other words, God is holding it all together. In other words, God has not fallen off the throne since you hit your problem. God saying, oh man, I don't have enough power to get them out of it. He's not saying that. I mean, God has all power. Yes, Lord, hallelujah. Amen. And God, and another thing that Job was saying in in that in in that uh, in, in what he said to God is that that Job was saying, I don't know all things, but you do. And this says that God is all knowing. Yes. God knows everything. The theological term is that is omniscient. God is omniscience. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. In other words, he knows everything about what you're going through. He knows what brought it about. He knows he can see every angle of the issue. We only see from a perspective, a man's perspective, but God sees it a 360 perspective. He's all-knowing. And so since he's all knowing, he knows, you know, really, if you respond properly, properly in the storm, he knows that he that you're going to come out shining even greater. Even though you may go through the valley of despair, God is with you and you are going to come out shining like Jesus through the wilderness. He came out in the, in the power of the spirit. And whatever you're going through, if you respond correctly to God, you will come out in the power of the spirit. Do you believe that today? Job also uh, said that he 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 he's he's. He understood God a little bit more. And this means that God is ever present, omnipresent. God is always here with us. 
Do you believe that today? It says in Hebrews that he will never leave us or forsake us. It says in Matthew that he's with us even to the ends of the age. And so listen, God is with you no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what, what is, is the problem you're, 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 you're suffering with. God is with you. Amen. And you've got to get a revelation of that. And when we get a revelation of who God is and, and that he's all powerful and that the devil's not more powerful than him, that, that he can bring you out and that he's, he's all knowing and he can give you some wisdom. He he can give you some revelation. He can show you what you need to do. Amen. Most of us just need wisdom. We don't need to get out of our problem because we'd probably get back in it unless we have wisdom. Most of us think, man, God, if you just paid off all my bills, I'd be fine. You know, the lack of money may not be your problem. It might be your spending habit. Okay. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? We think, oh God, if you just pay off my bills, I'd be so good. I'd really serve you. I will start tithing if you pay off my bills. Liar. <laughs> if, you can't, if you can't give to God with the little, you're not going to give to God with the much. And most of us make these false things. God, if, if, if I could just win the lottery this week. I will. Out of that billion dollars, I'll give you a dollar, you know. You know, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? I will give you the money. No, you wouldn't. You'd, you, you'd leave town. You'd buy, you'd buy a house in, down in Florida. You have a condo in Hawaii. And you might send a postcard, probably not, to the pastor and saying, I'm having a good time and praying for you. <laughs> Good luck with that thing in Virginia Beach. (laughs) You hear what I'm saying to you today? (laughs) You say, oh me, oh my, it's true anyway. Amen. And so we need to understand that. (laughs) Can I come with you? (laughs) I need to win the lottery. That, you know, some pastors probably would, would leave town if they won the <laughs> No, I'm committed. <laughs> I'm messing up a perfectly good message here. I've got to close this thing down. There's four points I want you to, to grasp before you leave, and this is going to help you when you're in the problem. And I'm going to say this, that Job, God gave him some wisdom. God said, listen, I want you to pray for your friends that have been speaking all kinds of evil, that you must have done something bad because you're going through your issue. And so, so God gave him some wisdom, showed him what to do. He prayed for his friends. And, and God turned around Job's captivity, and Job ended having double for his trouble. Amen. Amen? And listen, you might be going through an issue, but you don't know what God is going to do on the other side of that issue. And whatever the enemy's trying to do to test you or resolve, and the enemy's testing some of our resolve, to see if we're going to continue to stand, there is going to be, as long as we respond properly, there's going to be a blessing at the end of that problem. Do you believe that today? There's going to be provision at the end of that problem. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so we need to make some four declarations every day. I know that God loves me. God loves you. 
Amen. It says, but God showed his great love. Romans 5, 8. Uh, for by sinning is Christ to die for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We need to make another confession that God, God wants the best for us. Amen. You need to make that. He, he wants the best for you. In Romans 8, 31, 32, it says, What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can be against us? Since He did not spare even His own Son, but gave Him up for us, that we will also be given everything. Amen? Amen. And so, and so uh, it also says, can anything separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scripture says, for, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite of all these things, we're overwhelming victors in Christ Jesus. In spite of what, what you're going through, you're still a victor. Amen. Amen. And then we need to say that I know that God has a great plan for us. For I know the plans that, that you know, it says in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you. They're good plans. We need to say, I know God has a good plan for me, even though it may not look good. And we need to say, I know that he will bring me through. And God will bring you through whatever you're going through. You know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were serving God. They were three Hebrew kids were serving God. Nebuchadnezzar set up a statue and, you know, for everybody to bow. And they weren't going to bow to a foreign God. Listen, we don't bow to any other God but God Almighty. And they said, we're not going to serve and bow under this, under this statue. And we, we would, you know, and the punishment of that was to burn in a hot fire. And they said, you know, God will deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we will not bow to this idol. And you know what? They did the right thing. And you know what? God did not deliver them out of the fire. He delivered them through the fire. And some of us, we're hoping God will deliver us out of the situation. But some of us, God's going to deliver us through the situation. And when the three Hebrew kids went into the fire, there was a fourth man in that fire. And when you go through the fire of your life, as long as you respond right, you keep bowing your knees to Jesus. He will be with you in the fire. And you will come out without even having the the stench of smoke on you. And you will come out higher and, and you will know God even deeper through the process of the problem. Somebody say, I'm going higher in here. I'm learning more about God through the process, through the test. I'm loving God more in the process. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we honor you today. And we just give you honor and glory today. And we thank you, Lord God, that some of us might be going through the process in here. But I know there's promotion at the end of the process. As long as we have the right perspective in you, Lord. And Father, I just thank you, Father God. Oh, for those that are here in this congregation, those that are watching online. And to get the right perspective, you have to have Jesus in your heart. And if you don't know the Lord Jesus, today is the day of salvation. And I want you to to receive him today. Just say this if you're ready to receive Christ. If you're watching online, say this after me. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. 
We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.